0: The more things change, the more things stay the same. Welcome to week one of the NFL season Bears postgame show here on the Sports Cubicle. I'm Mike Mercado, Devin Tingle, and the Marvelous One, Dan Marver, are joining me today. The Chicago Bears fall to the Green Bay Packers 38-20, starting their season 0-1. Green Bay and Detroit now atop of the NFC North as the Vikings also fell this afternoon and just some quick stats before we get into our thoughts of this game jordan love 15 for 27 245 yards three touchdowns justin fields goes 23 for 36 207 yards a touchdown an interception and he also has nine carries for 59 yards darnell mooney four receptions for the chicago bears as he was the only one to find the end zone for the beloved dj moore if you're interested two receptions for 25 yards Khalil Herbert carries the ball nine times 27 yards and a lot to get into Aaron Jones had a very impactful game guys I think the only way to really describe already an early season means an early beer Devin I'm going to start with you this was a game where I think it was disappointing there were moments where there was flashes of what we thought would be competence, what we thought would be fun bears football and all in all, this seemed like this organization took a step backwards. This seems like they, all the worries we did have from the offensive line to the secondary, to the defense to not be able to get pressure, everything we were worried about. And I don't think we saw any spectacular play from the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, but it was just a domination, both offensively, defensively for the Green Bay Packers. What did you see? Week one, this rivalry, taking another chapter, and this time, it once again, going to the Green Bay Packers.
1: Cheers, Mercado. That's my first statement. I'll take a drink. And it's just, this really reminds me of the White Sox. The Bears went and made so many big moves in the offseason. You know, getting DJ Moore, acquiring several draft picks, you know, working on getting this thing like this defense and this offense to be better. And the results are exactly the same as they were last year. I remember I had my doubts that maybe they were tanking last year. But after seeing today's game, I definitely don't think they were tanking at all last year. This team was just pretty damn bad here. And I'm with you. I'm not fully sold on the Jordan Love bus. Let's see how he does next week when he has to face a real team. But, I mean, Green Bay just – the first half of this game was nauseating. And it looks like both teams are just equally bad defensively and offensively. But after the half, I noticed Green Bay really kind of started to step it up here. You know, I just wonder what the, what the hell happened in their locker room versus what the hell Matt Eberflus said to the Bears in their locker room at the halftime here. I mean, this was a very disgusting and very just nauseating game. That is probably the best way to describe it here. And, of course, it is the first week of the season. It is the first regular game. We shouldn't be going, oh, woe is me. Tank, go 0-17 so we can get the best draft pick. But against the Bears team, I'm sorry, but against the Packers team, That lost their best player in Aaron Rodgers, and a guy who Jordan Love, who when he started last time, was awful. But for Love to go 245 yards, three touchdowns, and Justin Fields to get one. You know, and especially when they said, we've worked on Fields' passing game. I definitely didn't feel that, and I'm sorry,
0: it didn't even seem like Justin Fields' rushing game what it usually was. So there's going to be a lot we're going to break down there, Devin, in a little bit. We'll get into specifically what we thought of Justin Fields. But just going around the sports cubicle, we want to get everybody's initial reaction. Marvelous. You saw this opening week of the NFL. There was some interesting upsets, some big-time storylines that have happened ever since Thursday Night Football, the opening of the season. But the Chicago Bears made their opinion, their opinions for the first time this season in Soldier Field against their rival Green Bay Packers. And once again, fall to another quarterback. And I think a lot of Bears fans are seeing ghosts right now. They're seeing spirits that are scaring them. And we know Halloween season's right around the corner. What did you take away from this Bears loss to the Green Bay Packers?
2: It actually felt pretty optimistic when it was seven to six coming up to the half. Fields, by the way, you missed a miss and incompletion. It was twenty-four of thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. For, for, Even at better. The, at the end of the game. But here's this. I mean, I I mean, it does it's like I'm numb to this because I remember Bart Starr. (laughs) But here's the thing that's quite interesting to me. I think the star of the game was Trent Gill, actually, for us. But here's the thing that's interesting. Do you realize that since in 1992, the only two starting quarterbacks that Green Bay's had are Favre and Rodgers, and uh, and there's been 35 quarterbacks for the Bears during that period, starting quarterback. So either they've been lucky or whatever. But the thing is is that when it was seven, the first drive of the game, they couldn't make a foot and a half Mm -hmm. on third down. I think that that was sort of an indication that would have been really big if they could make that. And it seems as though what they're, they're what they do in that and uh, when they go for the quarterback sneak is they're not set up for, for the, the one of the blockers is like two feet behind the the quarterback. I mean, I don't understand that. That, that it, doesn't make any sense to me. It's interesting to bring hey. that up,
0: marvelous. I want to just piggyback off that for a second because they mentioned on the broadcast and we've talked about the similarities and what we want to see between Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, and that's a play that the Eagles have made famous of just killing you with those, you know, if you need a short yardage and Jalen hurts and that offensive line led with the, the big Kelsey boy is, is doing it. And the bears weren't able to do that. And they spent money. They, they use equity on running backs. They got three of them that are on the active roster and didn't use either one of them in that situation. Please continue your thought. I just want to piggyback on that.
2: Exactly. I mean, DJ Moore was the big get, and he had two receptions, which, you know, isn't that impressive, obviously. But I thought that, and, and the running back side Johnson looked pretty good, and of course Mooney looked was was pretty good too. So those were the two uh, stars of the game. Honestly, not that not Gilb—that's a joke on, on our side. So you know, for that matter, um, I thought that there was some hope at seven to six. If I if you turned the, the game off, then you'd feel pretty good. But then it was twenty-eight to eight after that, and eventually twenty-eight to fourteen in the second half. I, the last score I don't count because they obviously weren't trying to win or at that point they'd given up because they were laying the clock run down even when they give their score when they got their one score in the fourth quarter the clock keeps running as if you know th- there was no hope whatsoever I know it's very unlikely you get three scores but at least you should give it a shot I was disappointed in that too they they, they certainly and if they d- were giving up then they should have had fielding on the game at that point they should have had backup in because what ha- you no know, God forbid he gets hurt we were talking about Derek <laughs> it was a little bit a while a while ago but no th- I mean it's not over let's not all jump off the bridge we gotta go to Tampa next week and it's, and it's and the sun will rise in the <laughs> in the, <laughs> what, what side in the east in the east <laughs> <laughs> Sun will come in the east so don't despair Bears fans There's, you know don't give up it's funny that the guy that did, that really did the most damage for uh, Green Bay was a guy named Aaron Today, the running back, so that, that's kind of ironic, too, but I don't know. I mean, the quarterback, you know, somebody asked me, they don't have a great quarterback, so the Bears are going to win. I said, I predicted that the Green Bay would win because they have a good quarterback. I mean, he obviously was a first draft pick, so, I mean, he couldn't have been a bum in college, but not, you know, you, you don't always, your first draft picks aren't always great. Uh, Mitch, uh, what's his name? But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, be that as it may, they obviously, the backup quarterback, has all the Penn State records for Green Bay. So, it's it's unbelievable that either they're lucky or they're good with their picks at quarterback. But again, it's a blowout on the board, 38-20, and you know, it is what it is. And uh we move on from here to Tampa, which, you know, maybe the good news is that Brady isn't there. So, uh hope hope springs eternal in week 2. So
0: there's some stuff I wanted to hit on right there, Marv. I think the first thing is Aaron Jones having a big game. We obviously know that these two teams, the Packers and the Bears specifically, are going to be run heavy. They, as much as the Bears may love Justin Fields, as much as some of us may put over hype on him, or you may think that he's an okay quarterback, we know what this team wants to do. We know how the play action we want to be. We know they want to be able to move the offense. And I think this was a great example of the Bears defense still didn't, ha- still has not addressed the things that it needs to it's not getting pressure on the quarterback. This is not something that just happened that we've seen to start this season. This has been going on since last year. And while their linebacking core has gotten a lot better and they are able to move East and West a lot faster. And hopefully as the weeks go on against somebody like Baker next week, they're going to be able to bat down some balls and get some interceptions. But this team isn't spectacular anywhere on defense. And that's where, you would think if you weren't going to put all your investment on the offensive side, bringing in Ngakwe was a nice move. He was able to get to to Jordan Love once, but like that's not going to be enough. And if you're losing Brisker and if you're Kyle Gordon, you're letting Romeo Dobbs, who's been battling a hamstring issue, just get behind you on the on the end zone and score a touchdown. Like there is problems on this defense that are just leftovers from last year. Now, to really concentrate on what we're all here to talk about is Justin Fields. I think there was a lot in this game to hang your hat on. But quite frankly, it's it's time to put up or shut up. And there were many moments in this game where he was making mistakes that a rookie does, that somebody who hasn't started a ton of games in the NFL would be making. And there's no denying the talent that Justin Fields has. There's no denying the the amount of specialness that he does have and the glimpses of greatness that we have seen. But this was a perfect example of a game you wanted to see that special come out because he commanded. You know, Jalen Hurts, again, we, we bring up Jalen Hurts again and we'll see what happens with Josh Allen later on in the slate. But they rise to the occasion. Jalen Hurts going to Foxboro and playing Bill Belichick's defense. And finding ways to win, even if it's not pretty, you know. Seeing Justin Fields over two hundred passing yards and having as many rushing yards as he did, and there are moments where he looked elusive. You would think that this was a closer game. The Bears were never in this. You know that set that first half when it was seven six. You're like, okay, just kind of keep keeping a, a fighter's chance, have that puncher's chance. But when push came to shove, right when it was battle of the attrition, and we're seeing these teams at the end of the game when it mattered most. The team that had the big play of uh, capability was the green Bay Packers. And that's without Christian Watson. So I'm, I'm worried about things that I saw in this game. Now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be the cure for you, right? They had, maybe they had their big moment this past, this week beating Minnesota. So things are going to even out in the league, right? Justin Fields is going to have a better game. DJ Moore is too good of a talent, not to be held just to two receptions, but there are things that you have to worry about becoming trends. And one of those trends defensively is not being able to get to the quarterback. And for Justin is making mistakes you should not be making when you're in your third year and you're being heralded as a potential dark horse MVP. You can't have that. What did you see, David, from QB1 at week one against the Green Bay Packers?
1: I saw Justin Fields I didn't want to see. I've been one of Fields' biggest defenders since day one. And today's game made it really hard to want to go and defend him, uh, Mercado. I mean, granted, Yeah, he did only throw one interception, but you know, it was just—it looked like he was just aiming for the guys in the yellow helmets at that point. There, I mean, 216 yards, and especially when we said, "Oh, we've really worked on Fields' passing game. He's gotten much better at that." It's like what he was averaging what 170 passing yards a game last year. So I guess sure, that's an improvement here, but in the NFL and in the NFC Central and the NFC North where we really need, you know, if you have heavy offenses to win games, these 216-yard games and one-touchdowns, that that ain't going to do Jack you-know-what for me here, Mercado. It really ain't. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we go and we trade for DJ Moore, you know, the guy in my nice little jersey here. You know, we traded for uh, Chase Claypool last year. who looks like he was sleeping half of this game. I don't know where the hell his mind was, but Darnell Mooney is the guy who got the one-touchdown, the most receptions, and the most yards today here. It's like, I understand that, you know, Fields has his favorite receivers here, but there's so many weapons on this team. And, you know, what have they been saying? That they're trying to build this team around Fields. They're trying to make this work for Fields. And I'm starting to get worried, Mercado, that maybe Fields is not going to be the answer here. He might be the short he might be the short term answer for now, but it's like, where are we going to go a few years from now here? I mean, you said it best. He was definitely not acting like the Justin Fields we saw towards the end of last season. He was actually like the Justin Fields that was trading games with Andy Dalton back in the day. God, remember when we had that guy. Anything get any worse here? And I, I, I like Justin Fields Mercado. We, you know, all of us here do have a sort of thing where we have a soft spot for Justin Fields here. But today's game was just pretty damn. It was pretty damn ugly. Green Bay still has one hell of a defense, and like I guess said I'm not fully sold on Jordan Love just yet. But just to go right now where we're at with Fields here. I'm a little indifferent here. I'm hoping that we do have that turnaround. The Bears tend to have success playing Tampa Bay, no matter who the hell the quarterback is. Nick Foles got the victory over him the last time around. So maybe we'll see a turnaround here, but week one performance for Justin Fields Mercado, it's a big thumbs down to me.
0: Marver, you saw QB1 play against a new quarterback up in Green Bay in Jordan Love. What were your thoughts on what we saw this, uh, this week one over in the lakefront? the first week for Justin Fields uh, against maybe a new rival in Jordan Love.
2: Well, I saw the same kind of play that we saw last year with new uh, skilled players around him. Uh, and they were supposed to improve things. So that that was a little disappointing. And again, you felt pretty... I mean, it was un- it was terrible that it was 10-6 at the halftime. It should have been 7-6. It basically gave away a field goal. And then apparently... Green Bay went right down the field after the kickoff. I was watching, you know, Tom Brady at the time. But in any event, so that was that was a turning point. So now it's the you know they're ahead, they're ahead you know, instead of uh, being a one point game or a four point game. You know, it's eleven now. So and they and they never got any closer. So the second half was a complete disappointment. It was essentially twenty eight to eight, but 28-14, But they give me six points at the end there. And uh, uh, you know, I keep thinking about last year's draft. Um, the number one pick was Bryce Young, who's with the Panthers. And uh, there was some talk at one point that they would pick him and, and trade fields. And, you know, we may look back on that day as, as, as maybe that's something they should have done because it doesn't look like it's getting any better yet. You know, you can't make a conclusion based upon one game or two seasons plus one game. So, you know, I, I, the tendency, of course, here in Chicago particularly, is to say – Let's give up <laughs> and, and and blow the whole thing up. But I think it's too soon for that. I believe that at this point, Fields is is where they're committed to him for the next half dozen years. That's just the way I feel about the way they've done things. So they're going to have to do whatever they need to do to to have people around them that are skilled. They try Claypool, they try more. You know, in the running backs, they you know I was <laughs> I was watching Montgomery for Detroit the other night. <laughs> He's one that we miss now. So, I don't know, uh, you got Herbert now, but, uh, and they got the other acquisitions, but uh, they, they didn't look like a, a, a tremendous offensive unit. The defense is about what it was. I mean, they have some new pieces there too, but they, they just don't seem the type of team we were where we were predicting. I was optimistic at 9-8. and eight. I mean, most of you were saying 7 or 6 or 5 wins, so maybe, you know, that's about right. But Fields, he just has to improve. Somehow or another, that's my wish. I don't know how it's going to happen because he had the great skill at Ohio State. So he he has it within him, I believe. And uh, they'll have to develop it somehow, uh, you know, because I believe they're committed to him, it looks like to me.
0: We are here breaking down week one, the Chicago Bears fall to the Green Bay Packers 20 to 38 here on the Sports Cubicle. I'm Mike Mercado. It's Devin Tingle and the marvelous one, Dan Marver. So one of the things that really, I think we all have to just kind of be honest about is this Luke Getzi Matt Eberflusting. I think this has been a topic of conversation that a lot of us have had for a long time. And I, I know this is week one, which means this is the most overreaction we're going to have the entire season. But the fact still remains is when you had the opportunity, when you had the clean slate and you knew you were going to move forward with with Justin Fields, you decided to go with defensive head coach. And then you decided to go with Luke Getzi who this weird rumblings of him getting a head coaching job when we've seen we've seen what a good offensive coordinator can do for a young quarterback. The drawback to that has been the one thing we've always said too. If Luke Getze figures this out, right? If Justin Fields and Luke Getze have this relationship that merges and, and has him develop into this top 10 quarterback, then Luke Getze is going to leave and become the head coach for another team. But I don't think that's in the play because I don't think Luke Luke Etsy calls good games. I don't think his offense is anything special. I don't think this is inducive to what this team should be doing. And it is that frustrating part of if you can't get the best out of your players, your players aren't going to play at their best. And that's what we've seen from Justin Fields continuously because we have seen the glimpses of what we think is extraordinary talent. We have seen the little touch to the end of a of a throw, even in this game to Darnell Mooney at the end of the, in the end zone. We've seen him be nearly impossible for defenses to touch, and yet this offensive coordinator, this coaching staff, can't figure it out. How does a DJ Moore have two receptions in a game? How is it that you lose Cole Komet when you just paid him? This isn't just them getting outplayed when they're snapping the ball 40 to 60 times in a game. This is game planning. This is scheming. And while, you know, we may not be educated enough to tell you the the intricacies of why this isn't working, we know what our eyes tell you. When you're watching the Bears offense out there, does it look like an offense that's going to put 30 points on the board? Even with all the skilled players. Because regardless if we think he's going to be Joe Burrow, Justin Fields is a starting quarterback in the NFL, so he can make the plays, and then he does all the things that are great. They have talent at the running back position. They have good wide receivers taking away Chase Claypool, but even he has all the attributes. What is wrong in this scenario? What is wrong with this picture? Now, again, talking about overreaction Monday that's coming up. We know week one. Let's say we do live in reality. Where this team does move on, right? It's just such a bad season. And the the front office is comfortable with Justin Fields, but not with this coaching staff. He's gonna have another coaching staff now. That's the only alternative if it doesn't work with Lou Getzi and Matt Eberflus. But you believe Justin Fields is still your quarterback. Is that you're gonna need another coaching staff? And you know who does that? Bad organizations. But you brought in a defensive-minded coach whose defense doesn't stop the run, whose secondary can't turn over the ball, have no concept of how to get the ball, receive it, and get it for your offense. What does this coaching staff do that benefits this team? They haven't done it yet. Marver, what do you think?
2: You know you know what's even worse? And I saw this in the previous year. They go into halftime. And it looks like they're doing okay. But for uh, the second half they is is, is a big problem for them, it seems to me. They don't make any kind of proper adjustments, it appears, that benefit them, whereas the other team apparently does because they march down the field to start the second half without too much difficulty. So, I mean, I'm not a great football schemer, you know, and I don't know the A-gap and the B-gap, whatever they're talking about. But the schemers should be able to analyze what's happened in the first half and they should be able to 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 work with it and make a better scheme for the second half and they're not doing that if you look at last year the same thing happened repeatedly seven six then 10 six which shouldn't have happened and then 28 to eight essentially it, it, I think that there's there is something wrong with the coaching on all on all ends and I'm not so far not that impressed with the head coach or the or the assistant coaches because they can't scheme and you know the last guy wanted to look at the film all the time and I don't think these guys are looking at the film at all
0: <laughs> you bring up a great point. Marvelous halftime adjustment. The great coaches in this league, the Shanahan's, the McVays, the McDaniel's, the, you name them, name the best coaches in the league. Andy reids they make adjustments, not just before the game, not just during warmups, but during halftime in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Because they are smart enough. They are good head coaches. They believe in their scheme. Their scheme works enough where they can work around it. Bill Belichick's offense and defense just changes every year depending on what the personnel is. I'm sick of watching stubborn, hard-headedness for organizations that have not earned it, for coaches who have not earned it. Devin, where are you at? Well, Marva brought it
1: best that I mentioned earlier. We did see at the first half of this game, both teams are awful. Both teams looked like crap. Both teams made me a little bit nauseous. And we saw Green Bay came back in the second half and scored four touchdowns. And the second half, they scored four touchdowns here. In the second half, the Bears scored one. We're just really seeing just... I don't really need nowhere to go with this Mercado at this point. We're we're seeing a team that just doesn't seem to have their you-know-what together. If we're on the radio, I'd say a certain word that starts with us. I'll let you all use your imagination. I'm not going to hit anyone with that. But it's at the point where it's just what is this team doing anymore? It really does remind me of the White Sox here. It's like we're gonna change all these terrible, you know, we're gonna change these things and get the same improvements here. It's like there there clearly is a bigger picture as to you know the problem. Is it the McCaskies? Are they terrible to work with? I mean I said it last year, I really did not like Matt Ibrahouce. I didn't see a lot of important things from him. I thought every press conference he gave, he kind of just seemed like, yeah, teams terrible. But you know what? We tried some things. What you're doing is not working here. And I agree with you, Mercado, that you know going from coach to coach to coach is what bad organizations do. You know, Look at the Carolina Panthers here. But at the point, it's like we're going to have to find the good head coach here. I don't have anyone in mind right now, but something's telling me this. It might be time to – they already did blow up the coaching staff. I can't even say that here. So I'm just wondering, there has to be some sort of bigger picture here as to why this team is just underperforming year after year. And the thing is last year they at least looked like – excuse me. Last year, they were at least entertaining you when they were losing. This game was just awful. If we didn't do this show, I would have turned it off long ago, Mercado, here. But it makes me wonder here, just what is the problem with this team here? We got a guy that is supposed to be our, you know, elite quarterback, our franchise quarterback, the guy I was going to like to see. We traded for a great wide receiver in Darnell Moon. We traded for a great wide receiver in DJ Moore here. You know, Chase Claypool was supposed to be a big addition last year. Darnell Mooney really steps it up here. You know, was like, oh, we're going to get rid of, uh... sorry, we're going to move Herbert to our starting running back here, and Justin Fields is getting more rushing yards than him. And really just wondering, what are we doing here? Because guess what? A team that either has a great head coach, that's big defense, isn't giving up 38 points to a quarterback who started one game where he sucked massive you-know-what the first time. So,
0: it's, uh, it's just, it's, Week one, and then we've already gone scorched earth, but we'll see what happens next week as the Chicago Bears take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield beating Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings up in Minnesota. So we'll see what happens when they head down to Florida. I'll give you guys, we have about uh two minutes, so really quickly... Biggest notes that you took from the NFL this week. We've done a lot about Bears. So, Marver, I'll go to you a full slate of week one. Your quick thoughts on first week of the NFL.
2: Obviously, Detroit over Kansas City, I wouldn't have predicted. Usually they have the first Thursday of the Super Bowl champion against a challenger. And I said, What kind of a challenger? And they changed my mind. I think the Detroit win is the stunner of the weekend. I mean, there's still uh some more games to be played. Yeah, the Cowboys and the Giants, and then of course tomorrow, Monday night football, where you see Aaron Rodgers. So there could be some more surprises. But for me at the moment, it's definitely the Lions beating Chiefs. Um, and and you know, on Thursday night. Dev, week one of the NFL. What
1: caught your attention? 49ers, Pittsburgh Steelers. I knew the Steelers were not gonna be a great team. I did not think they were gonna go 30 to seven against Brock Purdy, who's looking like a real good investment. For the 49ers right now, here, throwing, you know, for two touchdowns, 19 for 29. Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, this 49ers team is going to be one hell of a team to deal with. And Steelers, um, yeah, uh, I really hope they find the, who they want with that number one draft pick.
0: So I think the biggest thing I took away was that Cleveland Brown, Cincinnati Bengals game. That is going to be the worst game we see Joe Burrow and that offense have. It was a nasty weather game in Cleveland, but that was surprising a playoff-like game between the Chargers and the Dolphins, and so much more stories to come from on Monday Night Football. But week one means that the NFL is back, and if we're this fired up, that means the Chicago Bears are back. Next week, they will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we will be breaking down the fallout from that, as this week, they fall to the Green Bay Packers 38-20, to starting the 2023-2024 season. And we will be all over any news that breaks between now and the next edition of the Sports Cubicle. But we want to know your thoughts. What was your biggest takeaway from Bears versus Packers or week one of the NFL? If you're watching us on YouTube at the Sports Cubicle, make sure you leave a comment down below. Follow us on Twitter at SportsCubicleTV. Check out the entire episode over on our SoundCloud at WCPT820. If you miss any one of our other segments, check us out wherever you get your favorite podcasts at Sports from the couch and of course an amazing shout out to our friends over at sheets and giggles use the promo code sports from the couch the sports cubicle sports from the couch for 15% off for the marvelous one Dan Marver for Devin Tingle I'm Mike Mercado